You stupid bitch. Yeah, you're a stupid bitch. You stupid bitch. Welcome to this week's spooky episode of Stupid Bitches Say What? The Aussie podcast about everything and nothing, but always with wine and you, your spooky, stupid bitch hosts. Sky Lee Cullet and Sean Hipkins. This week it's pop culture and whilst it's not quite Halloween yet, we wanted to start the spookiness of it all and chat about some of our fave urban legends, Ooh. which as per the Oxford Dictionary is a humorous or horrific story or piece of information <laughs> circulated as though true, especially one purporting to involve something vaguely related or known to the teller. <laughs> Liz is trying to fuck me up, people. Listen in as we tell the tales of the licked hand, rat king, tiki tiki, the black eyed children, or hi, Patrick, it's me, Walter, and the burb train. What are you drinking, Sean Dino? <laughs> My tears. <laughs> tears of love. I'm drinking. Eightfold. It's a 2020 Shiraz from the Willis Domain in Margaret River. I don't really Domain? like Shiraz. Willis Domain? Willis Domain. Or Willis Domain. What pro tell is Willis Domain? It's in the Margaret River region. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, I don't really like the Shiraz, but again, this was part of the whole bundle that I bought. And, mm. you know, You're I drink what I can with that, aren't you? just to get through the wine. Mm. Mm. How about you, stupid bitch? Oh. What the fuck are you drinking? Great story, by the way. <laughs> um, so <laughs> surprise, surprise, I'm drinking a, a savvy bee. Savvy bee. <laughs> um, it's a Grant Birch. I don't believe that I have drunk this before because it's honoring the ninth eighteen sixty-five pioneer. Oh. Um, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'll get. Who to is it the eighteen sixty-five pioneer? It also says Burke and or Wills. It says craft with a K. So let's oh. read, shall we? Um, the Virginering, Virginaron oh. Collection wines are sourced from exceptional exceptional vineyards, blah, blah, blah. Okay, hang on. The Craft Sauvignon Blanc is an elegant and refined style of Sauvignon Blanc. Oh. from the Adelaide Hills, the wine possessions. It doesn't say anything about the fucking 1865 Pioneer. What the fuck is that? I'm Googling it. Please disregard. It was the 1865 you know, If you're not going to tell me what you're talking about on your label at some oh, point. Do you know who it was? Who? Well, according to this, the pioneer boy or the early life of Abraham Lincoln. From Adelaide Hills, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Although it does say underneath that, a pioneer family of the colony of New South Wales and... It's from Adelaide. The Hills. colony of Queensland. So again, Nori. But it also says craft. So it says Kate. So it says the Grant Burge. Then it says the Pioneer honoring the, the 1865 Pioneer. And then it says craft with a K. Mm. Mm. No, yes. they've got mm. George Armstrong Custer. No. That's um yeah. We're gonna have to misplaced advertising plus. Leave that one fucking dead in the water. <laughs> Dead as the door now. Pause. Pause. So how's your week been, stupid bitch? Week has been good. I've got some, it's pop culture, so you know I have some viewing recommendations I love to get through. Ooh. Okay. I will, so, I will um, jump in on some of this, I think. So my first one is a Netflix series that's been out for a while now, and I've heard about it a lot, but I haven't watched it until last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm slightly obsessed. Heartstopper. Okay, sure. Have you heard, heard of it? it? No, I don't think so. Do you know Kit Connor? Nope. I think, okay, I think you can't will, say that I do. If I show you a picture of him, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Do you know him? Never, never seen him before in my life. Wow. Okay, so I think I've only probably seen him based on the, the fact that little of gay this, guy. 
heart stopper. So he's come out as bisexual. Oh, sorry. But... Yes, I do know what you're talking about. It's the gay show with the two young boys in school and they're yes. both on the promos. Yes, yes. yes. I've seen I've seen that. I will have it in the trials, but I've seen the promos. Um, oh. It's quite new, isn't it? Well, no. So it's season two's out. It's new yes. in the sense that, yeah. Season two's new, yes. 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 Um. Oh, my God. It is the sweetest fucking TV series I've seen in such a long time. Like, I'm obsessed with it. I'm halfway through season two and I started, started it last week. It's, okay, how do I... Um... This wine is awful, by the way. Oh, no. So it's basically, it's a... There's a gay guy at school. I think he's 15, 16. He's just a shy sort of recluse guy and he gets with this rugby player, sure. basically, who's Kit Connor. Um, but the story in it, it's like, it's not like Skins. It sounds where like Cruel Intentions Plus. Well, it's not that there's none over the top fucking storylines. There's like no Glee. over the top drama things like Glee or like Skins, you know, where it's full on hectic. It's just this little love story that mm. goes through. It's very heartwarming. It's oh, a simple nice. watch. It's like 20 to 30 minute episodes. And it's, it's just fucking softy, aren't you? Look, I, I don't usually go for these type of things like Bridgerton. See you later. But this one, it's just like, it's just beautiful. And I think it's also got to do with the fact of you think of these things like, oh, imagine if like you're actually able to, you see him running through the fucking town, holding hands and shit at 15 and 16. Mm. And, you know, some of their friends are supportive and whatnot. So I think there's also that whole like, oh, imagine if back yeah. in the day. It's but nice it's for just, you to see that, right? Like it's nice it's for them so, to make shows like that. Representation is so important. <laughs> well, look, I know you've got some more things to talk about, but I'm just going to quickly jump in with one thing um, because thank you for bringing into my world the head fuck. That is Black Mirror. Oh, you're um, welcome. You're so welcome. So what a shit show is that show? Seriously. Like I'm so glad episode... you get into it. Finny just couldn't get into it. Well, Tyler has his moments. He perseveres. He By the end of the episode, he's like, what the fuck? And totally is like glad that he watched it. But th- th- I think each episode as well it always starts in a way that you're like, where the fuck is this even yeah, going? Yeah, it's confusing. And you have to stick with it for that episode. Yeah. And then it starts by the middle of the episode, it's starting to pick up a bit of steam and you, you're really yeah. into it and you're like, what's even fucking going on? And then the end is like, mind blown. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, and there's some sort happening. of some sort of um, not life lesson or some sort of reality check at the end. We're just like, whoa. Well, sometimes it's just... Like Some of them are it's shit. never a it's never a good story. Like you ne- like you're not gonna watch it and go, oh, there's gonna be a happy ending. There is it's never no a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Every episode is like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yes, it's thought provoking, but those That's poor exactly fucking what people it is. in that episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. That white bear, is it white bear? Um, the one where they're all following her around with the camera, the phone. Oh, that is so bad yeah because it's based on um the actual you don't want to say zoo but it's the reform center that she ends up in because she's a hardened criminal yeah but like when you're watching it you're like what's going on for that poor chick and you're rooting for the chick you're rooting for what ends up being the criminal yeah well it's the same with the the young boy who ends oh, yeah. up, um, you know, getting the phone calls up. and he has to go to all the places and do all the things. And all the other people have the same phone calls and they're, they've all, yeah. And all the shit that they've up. done is like rotten stuff as well. But you you like feel really <sighs> sorry for them the whole way through and you're like, oh, these poor fuckers, this is so brutal. They've just made one misstep um, and, and they're just being like completely tormented and then you find out at the end what their misstep was and you're like, ah. Yeah, good super messed up like completely messed up we were up one of to my f- see i think we're nearly up to season four which i'm really excited for the more newer ones with all the stars yes. in too yeah 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 well you know who's in black Se- black mirror season six in the very first episode selma hayek the chick from yeah she's in it but also the chick from fucking Shit's creek oh this the sister the skinny one i think it's a sister yeah oh yeah right she's very okay. good in it it's a, yeah, it's a good, i love her some of the episodes are hit and miss so aren't they some of them yeah. are just like fully invested some are just like Ugh. some of them are more of a slow burn but generally by the time that it ends you're like whoa whoa what but my fuck? favorite one of my favorite the, there's a lot of favorites but one of my ultimate favorites and is the one with john ham 
and the Christmas one. Oh, see, I would say that's probably, I think the ending was really good, um, but it was a really slow burn to the point I was actually going to text you because Tyler was totally not into it. It took us three goes to watch it all. Wow. And, he, and I said to him, because I knew I'd heard of this, that what's it called? The episode something, Snow or something? White snow. snow. I think it's white snow or something. And I'd heard it on like through, you know, things I'd seen on the internet and whatever about it being one of the best episodes. And it's a Christmas episode. White Christmas. White Christmas. Um, And it's a Christmas episode. And I was like, I have to push through. But at one point I was going to message you and be like, should we push through? Because it's really messed up and I don't really want to keep going. Um, And then we just ended up keeping watching it because I wanted to get to the next one. And that was full on. That was really, it's not my favorite. Oh, yeah, no, I just, I think after watching it, it's my favourite. And I can, I've watched it again since, and only because I know what's happening that I like it. It's like um the sequel to Blair Witch, Blair Witch 2. The whole beginning of it, it's just like, oh, my God, you know, rah, rah, rah. You know, you've just got to push through and you keep pushing through. And it's just like dumb. It's confusing. And then at the end, when you see the ending of it, you're just like, that was the best thing ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though the whole movie is shit, just the ending of it was fantastic. Um the other thing I wanted to talk about, the other show, and I've spoken to you about it, but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. And I'm only mentioning it now because I've watched it twice now this season, the season, um, School Spirits. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. You said if it's I liked the other great. ghosty one, I should watch it. Oh, it's compl- It's different to that. It's like, so it starts off with this girl walking through a high school and she's like, saying hey sky hey rara no one's paying attention to her then another ghost pops up and is like they're not going to see you rara you're dead basically and she doesn't know how she died which was confusing to the other ghosts who were all trapped in the school vicinity so like ghosts and where you die that's the land that you stay on Mm -hmm. um because they all know how they died and so it's sort of this who done it what's going on over I think 10 episodes of who killed her and why they killed her. And it's just done so well. It's just amazing. And it's one of those ones where even though it's set in a high school, again, there's none of that teeny bopper shit or anything like that. It's actually really good acting, very good storyline. As I said, I've watched it twice. I've Googled (laughs) to see what's happening for season two. And the announcement of School Spirit Season 2 was, wasn't a huge surprise as it quickly became one of Paramount Plus's most successful original oh. series to date. It holds an audience score of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which critics also give the series an approval rating of 83%, proving just how popular the show has become among casual audiences. audiences and also within the industry it may put a lot of pressure on the writers to keep this acclaimed streak going into season two but the future of the show definitely looks bright with those numbers so watch it okay so good so good i'll add it to the list i have so many shows that you make me watch i know and i watch them all you never watch any of my recommendations oh i did we started americans we watched about three episodes but we just couldn't get into it (laughs) And there was something else that you made us, you made me watch. Sex in the City, you you took like th- six episodes of that, I think, and then you yeah. gave that one away. Yeah, it didn't age too well, the earlier seasons of that. Early episodes, sorry, of that. <laughs> and then what about you, you stupid bitch? How was your week? Good. I want to talk about a couple of things, actually. Um, so while we're talking about TV shows, I um, Link forced me to watch the latest season of Stranger Things. He's a mm. massive Stranger Things fan. And Have you not um, seen it? No. So let me tell you. So, Hang on, just before you go into that again, I'm prepared to go back and re-watch the latest <laughs> season. It was that good. Well, so how we actually got onto Stranger Things, it was just when we moved to the Central Coast and everyone yeah. was talking about it and raving about it. And one night I was sitting at Mel's and we decided to put it on with all the kids and all the kids wanted to watch it, but it had been out for a little while and it was all hyped up and stuff. And so we started watching it and literally sat there. I think we might've put it on about nine o'clock at night on a Friday night. And we sat there and Jack, my cousin for listeners, my cousin's um, one of her younger sons was probably about four at the time. And he was like running around, like basically passing out, like needing to go to bed, but we couldn't stop watching it. So he was wow. just like sleeping on the couch and we watched oh. it till about three in the morning. Bob and we're forever, obsessed. Right? Yeah. Yes. And then we couldn't stop it. And then after that, because it's like teenage for me 
it always links always forced me to watch it. And once I've watched it, I've been like, that was really good. I'm so glad yeah. I watched it. So the new season came out and I was jonesing to watch it because of the Kate Bush song. So you've seen the season one, two, and three? Oh yeah. I've seen I've seen them probably within six to twelve months of them coming out. And I don't mm. see them when they first come out. Yeah. So I hadn't seen the most recent one. And then I came home the other night after work drinks and Tyler was out for something until quite late. And so Link was like, let's watch Stranger Things. I was like, yeah, yeah, sweet. So we stayed up until three in the morning watching the new season. He fell asleep on me, Link, who's, who <laughs> stays awake till 5 a.m. Uh, I kept saying, well, my episode, well, my episode. So now I'm up to the movie Link finale. And so we watched it a Very second good. night and then we watched it till the early hours of the morning and I had to work the next day. And he was like, mum, I was like, please, let's watch the last one. It was like 11.45. And he's like, mum, if we watch this, we're not going to sleep until nearly 3 a.m. We can't do it. Go to fucking bed. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. I'll just watch Gilmore's then. I'll do it a while. Anyway, so we didn't watch it. So I haven't seen the finale, um, cool. the two and a half hour episode, but I am hanging. It's just about getting the right time when Link and I are both together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To and you want to pay it. the attention to it. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was about two weeks ago. We watched, We started watching it together. So I'm super stoked that I watched it because it is very good. It Isn't has it? some cringy moments and Link and I look at each other and we're like, Ugh. Um, but overall it's very cool. I have to say, even yeah. for the teeny bopper references and, the youth of it yeah um but the other thing just quickly we started watching Hang on, the before week. you go on to that so with stranger things when season four of came out and there was as you know all that hype about it that's what made us do the netflix like switched off and stuff didn't it because everyone was watching the season finale um or maybe it was when they took the break in the middle when um what's yes. his name ends up going into the um upside, upside down. down um what's his name the good looking one um, what Steve. the one with the long hair? Steve, yeah. Yeah. So Steve gets goes in, dives into the lake, and he ends up in the upside down. And then that's where the season, like they did the mid season break, and everyone was outraged, like, like "Fuck you!" And then I think when it came back, Netflix broke from all the streaming, from like everyone, everyone watching it. Yeah, wow. and it was off offline well, for like you know people couldn't watch it for like an hour or something. It was because of that as well that we did the it inspired us to do the finally the Kate Bush and Handmaid's Tale episode. But when all this hype had come out, and especially the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, I thought, right, I'm going to watch it. But I made myself watch it from the very beginning, so from season one, because I'd only ever watched, I think I watched all of season two before that and maybe a first episode of season three, but I completely then stopped and I had no idea really what was going on. So I persevered and started from the beginning and watched it all again and then, yeah, continued on with season four and I was just like, fuck me, I cannot wait. For season five. Yeah, look, I'm it, it's been pretty good. Um, but the other thing that we're watching now is shrinking. Have you heard of that? So that's the new oh. Jason Siegel one. It's on Apple. And it had a promo on, so you got the first episode free, and we didn't realize because our Apple had expired. So we watched the first episode literally crying with laughter, wetting ourselves laughing. It's got Harrison Ford in it. Um, it's made by the guy who did Scrubs, who did Cougar Town. Oh, um, the chick who's in Scrubs and Cougar Town's in it. Um, it's made, it's some of the guys that wrote the Ted Lasso are involved in the writing. Jason oh, wow. Seagull's involved in the writing. Funny as fuck. Um, okay. Really, really good. It's about a guy whose wife dies in a car accident. He's got a teenage daughter and he just completely goes off the rails. Um, and like how he sort of tries to pick himself up, but in a very humorous way, like the first episode starts and his neighbor climbs over the fence because he's in the spa. His teenage daughter has been sleeping at her place because he has like no structure at all. And he's like snorting lines and oh, got wow. all these like prostitutes in a spa. And she's like, <laughs> what the fuck? And it's like four in the morning and he's got this music blaring and she's like, what the fuck? Um, and it's, and Jason Seagull is the guy whose wife dies and he's just the best. I just love him. Um, so that's really cool. If you're looking for a really good show, yeah, um, same. but the other thing I wanted to mention about how's your week is that Linky Lou has finally got his license. Congratulations, Link. So he's my little, my little baby Uber driver who drives us everywhere and picks us up from everywhere when we're super drunk, which is amazing. Has that started? Has it? Yes. Yes. So, um, 
look, we went out to Redland Bay last weekend and he dropped us out there and then rang me at about seven o'clock and we didn't get home until fucking four in the morning anyway. Um, but was like, mom, what time are you coming home? Because I want to have a drink myself. Like, you know, <laughs> you're coming in the next 20 minutes and I'll come get you. Otherwise I'm going to have a drink. And I was like, dude, of course, if you're going to, you know, hang out with your mates and have a drink, we can't expect you to just wait around and stop your life because we need a fucking free Uber. Yeah. Um, this is but... an 18 year old son, by the way, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time he's totally just dropped us all over. We've saved so much money in Ubers. It's amazing. Yeah, Brady got his license. My nephew That's as well. So- I yeah, saw, yes, well, yes. I didn't see. I found out through other people. <laughs> um, but the other thing while I'm talking about my son is that something interesting happened this week. Um, so Link's not the most self-sufficient human, right? Because he is a teenage boy. Like, you know, they're not yeah. great at life skills because yeah. their mums usually do everything fucking for them. <laughs> so Tyler brought home a quarter of watermelon um, and Link loves his fruit. He always eats loads and loads of fruit. So I come home and Tyler had brought this watermelon. He'd said to Link, I'll chop it up for you today if you want some. He's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want some, blah, blah, blah. So Tyler went to work hoping that he would have some of that watermelon when he got home and maybe potentially take it to work the next day. So I come home from work and he was like, Link was like, hey, mum, um, geez, that watermelon was good. And I was like, oh, was it? I said, did you eat it all? He said, yeah, I ate the whole thing. <laughs> and I said, well, like, what did you do with it? Because it was a quarter, a massive chunk of watermelon. He's like, it's on the kitchen bench. He just so ate from the fucking thing. He like just core. ate from the thing. And like, so he took the guts out of it, but there's probably still half a watermelon left against the rind. Oh, but if it actually sliced it out and chopped it up like a normal person would. It would have been ample. It would have been twice as much. And then he's <laughs> left it in the sun on the window, like on the oh, kitchen God. bench um, to just sit there and rot in the sun. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude. Like you, there's only, a bin right there. Not only have you wasted it, but you know how you can't really put watermelon in the bin because it's so stinky. Like if you put it and it's so juicy, do you know what I mean? Like you're not going to put it's it in better the bin than and just leave it. You're going to fucking... chuck it and put it in the outside bin. Do you know what I mean? Or leave it on the windowsill. <laughs> and I was just well, it wasn't on the windowsill, but it was on that spot where the sun just shines right in. So yeah. there's like this, you know, half-eaten watermelon just like with fumes coming off it almost, <laughs> and I'm just like. Poor Tyler got none. So I messaged Tyler. I was like, babe, I'm really sorry, but that watermelon's gone. He might need to pick up another one. I was like, no, he didn't really eat the whole thing. (laughs) He just scooped as much as he could. And I look around. Technically, no. (laughs) And so I look around the kitchen and there's all these drops of watermelon juice and little bits of seeds like all over the kitchen benches. It's on the fucking kitchen chairs. And you know that behavior. For boys lasts until about 25. <laughs> oh, I was just like, whatever. I'll just take the bins out and take the watermelon, put it in a spit in a different bin, and then just chuck it in the bin, please. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Seriously. Fuck's he can sake. drive a car, but he can't cut up a watermelon. He, can't, okay? he, okay? he carried a watermelon, but he can't <laughs> cut it up. Uh, all right. Let's get into the topics plus. All right. So I'm first, aren't I? Mm-hmm. So this is an old faithful, and you one lost, of you lost the the rock paper scissors contest last episode. Mm-hmm. This is an old faithful, and it was one of the first urban legends I remember hearing as a child, and it freaked me the fuck out. So I thought it was only right to cover it in this episode. The licked hand. <gasps> well, can I just quickly say something because before you go into it. I actually had picked this, not realizing that Vino had already picked it and then had researched a small amount of it, but I had never heard of it when I found it. No. So when I found it in my research, I had never heard of it. So it's crazy that you've heard of it. My God. Yeah. This is one of the ones that, so this one and the hook on the top of the car. Yes. I know. And the person in the back of the car. Yes. I know that one The three that. um, And the babysitter. Check the children. Oh yeah, that's a, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's an urban legend too, like children. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'd never heard of it, so it's interesting that you have heard of it. So please continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved this one. This is one of the ones I'd always tell when we'd tell the ghost stories. So this is a creepy as fuck one. 
So the Licked Hand is a well-known urban legend that had been circulating for quite some time. It's a spooky story that has variations and different versions, but the core narrative goes something a little like this. (laughs) One night, not that long ago, a night quite like this one, in fact, (laughs) and in a town very similar to the town that you're currently listening to this story in. In Bergdale? <laughs> Wherever you are, there lived a young woman who was home alone with her loyal dog. Her parents had gone out for the evening. Ruff, ruff. Woof. Leaving her responsible for taking care of the house and herself. As night fell, she decided to watch some TV before heading to bed. As she sat down on the couch, her faithful dog curled up at her feet. The TV show she was watching was interrupted by a news bulletin that announced an escaped criminal with a history of violence was in the area. The police advised everyone to lock their doors and windows and stay alert. Feeling a bit uneasy after hearing the news, the young woman made sure all the doors and windows were locked. She felt comforted knowing her dog was by her side. Shortly after, she starts falling asleep on the couch. Or as I say... Bitch was getting the dropsies. She walked. She walks with her dog to the bedroom, knowing that her dog will look after her. And she checks again that the house was secure. Laying in bed, the news report runs through her head again. She shivers, but she settles herself as the dog climbs under her bed, as he always does. She puts her hand down the side of the bed and a faithful friend reassuringly licks her palm. Again as he always does. Comforted by this, she eventually drips off to sleep. After about an hour, the girl suddenly wakes to the sound of drip, 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 drip. She goes to get up and have a look, but then remembers the news story and freaks herself out. She sticks her hand under the bed. Her pooch gives her the same reassuring lick and eases her mind, and she drifts back off to sleep. Shortly after, she wanks. She wanks. She wanks. (laughs) And then she falls asleep again. (laughs) Shortly after, she awakes again to the noise. Drip, drip, drip. Frustrated, she stumbles through the house, half awake, and makes her way to the kitchen. She tightens all the faucets that she finds and then stumbles back to bed. She gets back under the blankets and sticks her hand towards the floor and under the bed where her dog gently gently licks her palm. Feeling safe, she nods back off to sleep. Another hour or so passes and she wakes again to the drip, drip, drip. She's still spooked from the news report and is feeling hesitant, but she also feels responsible for the house. So she gets up and she goes to the bathroom. She groggily walks in and flips on the light. She immediately screams as the sight that confronts her is horrific. Hanging from the shower nozzle with its throat slit is her dog. Blood slowly draining from the wound. Big droplets falling and hitting the shower floor. Drip, drip, drip. The poor doggy. But, but the worst was yet to come. Screaming, the girl backs into the wall behind her and collapses, sobbing for the loss of her best friend and terrified by the unimaginable crime. Through tears, she scans and assesses the rest of the room. She stands up and turns around and there, on the bathroom wall, written in big letters with the dog's blood, were the words, humans can lick too. (laughs) So fucked up. Isn't that gross? (laughs) Drip, drip, That's so drip. disgusting, but I just feel really bad for the dog. Who kills dogs, man? Oh, no. It's fucked up. In the one I'd read, I remember it saying too, it was tied up by his tail to the thing, but I don't know if he could actually do that, so I left that out. <laughs> so. Gross. Some quick, just a couple of quick fun facts about this. So this, as I said, it's an old urban legend. It's a forerunner in the 1919 story, The Diary of Mr. Pointer by M.R. James, where a young man absently strokes his dog, as he thinks, while reading an old manuscript about account of the sinister death of a young student obsessed with his own hair. Of course, the creature, creature crouching at his side is not his dog. It's obviously the student that is rub, rubbing. 
The legend was told around a fire in the movie Death Screams, which is from 1982. Have you heard of Death Screams? Mm-mm. Neither had I. So I looked it up and I'm keen to watch it. So it's free on YouTube. It's I found that you can watch it on YouTube or you can pay for it. To what the psychologists say? <laughs> what did they say that all the all the shows that you watch? The trauma it recounts to the trauma in your in life, life. And you can't handle your day to day life, so you need to watch trauma. <laughs> it makes me feel at home. So the synopsis of Dream Screams. Death Screams, sorry, is late one night a young couple are brutally murdered at a makeout spot by an unseen assailant. So 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Their bodies tossed into the nearby river as the lifeless lovers drift slowly downstream. The residents of the town excitedly prepare themselves for the annual carnival, unaware that a machete-wielding maniac with a twisted grudge is lurking in their midst. When a group of teen revelers planned a late-night after-party down in the local cemetery, they unwittingly set the stage for a bloodbath. And I cannot wait to see what happens. Sounds like creep show. Um, we forgot to mention the whole reason that this um topic for pop culture was inspired. We might be getting to that. Oh, okay. So it's also there's a variation of the story in the is featured in the film Urban Legends Final <laughs> Cut. The nineteen ninety nine film? Yeah. Well this this is a version of this is featured oh, in the sequel. Sequel. The final cut. And also it's used by Bloody Mary in the follow up to Urban Legends Final Cut, Urban mm. Legends Bloody Mary, which I've I haven't seen either of those movies. Mm. I, I still need see to see it. the first one. I was telling Lols about it on the weekend actually. Oh yeah, I was it's on stand. that I have we have to watch it together. And that you had recommended it and I was like, I've seen it before and it's great. But she hated I Know What You Did Last Summer, so we'll see. Oh, and the acting is probably just as good as that, but it's still terribly bad. Yeah. It's when you get to the age that we're at now where you can appreciate some movie that is so bad, you just love it for the badness of it, like Showgirls. Mm. Like Cruel Intentions too, really. And Cruel Intentions, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, but you, that's why you love it. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's your first one, you dumb bitch? Okay, my first one. This is super gross too. Okay. So this one's about the, I'm not going to say that, it's called Rat King, okay? Oh. So Rat King is not the name of a cute little rodent reigning over his loyal <laughs> subjects. With a throne but, and a crown. I know. It sounds cute though, doesn't it? But the it's not cute at all. <laughs> but is the name for a phenomenon where rats become tangled together to form a giant spider rat. Oh, my God. People actually believe this exists for reals, and I'm going to get to that. Um, There's videos that I just could not simply bring myself to watch. Oh, did you not watch any of the videos of this real shit? No, it's too gross. I I actually am cringing right now as I'm talking through it, which is why I had to do it. Um, Basically... It occurs by a group of rats intertwining their tails together and then getting kind of stuck, or maybe they like it better as a big, giant, gross, ratty mess. <laughs> Choose to stay that like, way. It's like a Voltron rat. Form so, arms and legs. <laughs> I didn't watch the videos, but I looked at some images and I actually nearly vomited. Then I consulted the Guinness Book of Records. Oh Let God. me enlighten you. A rat king or roidy rats in French. <laughs> it's so funny you just said that because I've Googled it. And I clicked <laughs> Don't on videos. Google. Don't Google anymore. And just it says, wait. A rat king or roidy rats. rats. In French, is a collection of rat is a collection of rats whose tails are intertwined and bound together. Oh. It typically occurs. Stop looking. You're supposed no, to let no, me talk I'm about it before you. you look at the images. I'm erring at you saying that. Tails. It typically occurs when young rats sleeping together in close quarters get their tails entangled, forming a knot. The tied tails are prone to being crusted by dirt or stuck together with substances such as sap, blood, food, feces, urine. So when when rats wake up and attempt to scurry away from each other, the knot then tightens, trapping them together. Oh, my God. Unable to feed themselves, the rats eventually die. Oh. A number of examples. 
Well, it depends who you ask, really. Yeah, because one's like, I'm going this way. No, I'm going that way. <laughs> well, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, are no, they? they're like? not. <laughs> so that's why they go different directions. They make it tighter and tighter and tighter. And then they're like, I want to eat this. I want to eat this. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, look, that is the same as when our cats get a claw caught in the bedding and you go to help them and they just start pulling it in the other direction and screaming at you. So, yeah, I could imagine the rats doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> Striper just breaks that shit. He don't care. <laughs> um, a number of examples have been documented throughout history, mostly from Europe, with the earliest report coming from the 16th century. Oh, I'm picturing fucking yeah, bubonic plague. It would have been this massive fucking virus running down the street. <laughs> but you have to post photos on the socials. So <laughs> I trust me. The largest rat king on record was found in May 1828 in a chimney in the German town of Bashim oh. Attenberg, Altenburg. It consisted of 32 individual rats. Oh, my God. There's a super gross picture if you want to look it up. That's in my notes. <laughs> I knew you'd want to. The discovery was made when a miller named Steinbrock had the walls of his chimney torn down upon whereupon he found a mummified rat king under the rubble. Oh. The rats were hairless and black. Now they're mummies soot. as well. Yeah, it's so fucked up. The rats were hairless and black and with soot, though their claws remained sharp. <laughs> Steinbrock gave the record-breaking rat king to the Addenburg, Altenburg Natural Resource Society who put it in a glass case and presented it to the public. The Altenburg Rat King was compromised of black rats, ratus ratus, aka house rats or roof rats. Most surviving. <laughs> what about the root rats? <laughs> Ew. Most surviving specimens of rat kings are formed by black rats, actually, please. Oh. The reason for this, according to some theories, is that black rats, known to be particularly skilled climbers, they have prehensile tails like monkeys which yeah. instinctively make a grasping Grip. reflex when they touch something oh. Eww, rats are gross oh. when combined into a small space such as between the upper floorboards of a house the rats tails clutch at each other and become intertwined as the rats continue to crawl over each other before eventually falling asleep and then asleep. a third tail gets in there and really <laughs> fucks shit up this one had 32 man jesus christ <laughs> allegedly Monogamy people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as the rats continue to crawl o- over each other before eventually falling asleep, the ensure- ensuing knot becomes irreversibly hardened by the aforementioned cocktail of sticky substances and other materials. Oh, please don't use the word cocktail in that. Clay, <laughs> hay and dirt. <laughs> Credence is lent to this theory by the fact that most rat kings have been found during winter in confined spaces. Yeah. Most recent examples of rat kings include one found in New Zealand in 1930, now displayed in, is it Dunedin's? Dunedin. Dunedin's Otago Museum comprised of eight immature black rats entangled by horsehair. Horse hair, and you'd have to think if they've got fucking the sharp nails too, they'd be scratching at each other. So the blood and a dead corpse of a rat would stiffen the fucking meld even more. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Um. So this imagine particular... if that happened to cats. <laughs> Apparently, it also happens to squirrels, but I don't want to oh go there. god. Um. So this particular one that was found in the 1930s, um, in New Zealand. The, their tails showed signs of broken vertebrae, suggesting they had tried to forcefully free themselves of their predicament. Well, I'm sure um, they weren't fucking like, hey, this is okay. <laughs> I know. Just chill out and have I a barbecue. Like I've read a few things about like apparently they're like prominent in like New York subways and stuff and people are like, yeah, there's totally rat kings everywhere down here. They love it. Uh, um, Vinny would love it as a rat. He'd be like, no, come here. <laughs> Let me hook you forever. Yeah, totally. A rat king discovered in 1963 by a farmer in the Netherlands consisted of seven rats, according to a report published by a cryptozoologist, M. Schneider. X-ray images taken after the rats were killed showed callus formations at the fractures of their tails, suggesting that they had survived for an extended period of time as a rat king. So walking so, around together. There you go. Just being one big human. Yeah. One big gross rat thing 
Which would be okay if their minds all worked as one, but it doesn't. It doesn't. That would just be like this constant struggle. (laughs) So in 2005, a 16-strong rat king was found by an Estonian farmer. Eurovision Plus, we love Estonia. Some of the rats were dead, though many were still alive. Yeah. Ultimately, they were all euthanized as they could not be freed. And do you know how they would have euthanized them? With the hammer. Well, it says I think they gave him a nice injection or put him in the freezer. (laughs) It says here, 13 were preserved and they are now part of the collection of the University of Tattoo Natural History Museum. So if if they did hammer them, they They wouldn't wouldn't have been able to preserve them. Well, they've definitely just chucked him in the freezer or something. I think probably that would be the quickest way to do it, right? Um, although some zoologists remain sceptical about the existence of naturally occurring rat kings, instead choosing to believe that past cases are man-made hoaxes, mm-hmm. there is Crop now circles. also undeniable proof of the existence of squirrel kings, mm-hmm. proving the phenomenon occurs amongst other rodents too. Jesus Allegedly. Christ. But there's lots of people who say it's all bullshit. I'm just That's picturing like this giant ball of rats coming yeah. rolling towards me and shit. <laughs> Nobody's going to survive that, right? You're no. fucked. <laughs> Get out of the way. Get to higher ground. <laughs> That's going to be how the apocalypse starts. <laughs> yeah, a, a little ball. Just Thousands keeps getting of bigger. rat kings just coming for everyone. Feed us. <laughs> No, go this way. <laughs> you just confuse one of them. Throw a book of cheese yeah. that way. <laughs> I don't know if they're hungry enough. They don't give a shit, mate. They just want to eat ya. Eat ya, eat ya, eat ya. Fucking hell, that's disgusting. I know. It's fucked up, right? <laughs> okay, that's that's my rat king thing. It's your turn. All right, so I'm doing Teka Teka, the Japanese lady. Never teka. heard of her before. But is it what the grudge is based on? Mm. Sort of. Not the grudge. I think maybe the ring somewhat. Anyway, Teka Teka is a Japanese urban legend centered around a ghostly apparition of a young woman. According to the legend, the woman was either killed by a train accident or committed suicide by falling onto train tracks, Mm. resulting in her body being severed in half. There's lots of train tracks in the urban Legends that I researched before finalizing I, on my three, I've got to say. Train tracks you, feature very heavily in urban legends. I thought you were going to say there's a lot of train tracks in Japan. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> I've been to Japan, so I can't say that confidently, but sure. She is said to haunt train stations, especially at night. Testimonies of encounters with Teka Teka describe hearing a distinct Teka Teka sound as she moves. Witnesses claim to see a ghostly woman dragging her upper body along the ground, her torso propelling itself forward using her arms or elbows. The story serves as a cautionary tale to warn children to stay, staying out late near train tracks. Should you encounter a teka teka, run. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> what, feed it? <laughs> Throw it a bone. Chuck a rat king at it. (laughs) If the malicious spirit catches you, she will slice you in half with the scythe. Although Mm. she lacks legs. Oh, she's had that ever since she lost her legs. (laughs) (laughs) Although she lacks legs. (laughs) She's extremely fast. Oh, I bet she is on those arms. (laughs) And has been known to keep up with cars. In some renditions of the story, she will ask you where her legs are, in which case she must reply, Mission Expressway, in order to survive. Mission Expressway. <laughs> I thought you were trying to say that in like a Japanese accent then. <laughs> Mission Expressway. In less hopeful iterations, your only chance of survival is to outrun her, which is completely impossible. Ooh, I can't run very fast anyway. So. <laughs> We'd both be fucked, bitch. I'll just push you down towards Decker Decker and keep going. Take her! Take her! 
I have two cats at home. It's slower anyway. (laughs) I got to get back to my cats. (laughs) Sorry, bitch, but you know you're gone first. (laughs) So Tekka Tekka is known to chase its victim down dark roads and the sound of her drag as she drags herself on her hands and elbows. Tekka Tekka. Tekka Tekka. Tekka Tekka. I thought it would be more like a... Uh, <laughs> or more like a puff, 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 of the hands going exactly really fast. <laughs> so as we know she can keep up with this car if you were as we know she can keep up with victims who are speeding away in cars mm. so bitch be like ticka, 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 at that stage though in right? a plane <laughs> 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 When it catches them, something terrible happens. Oh, what happened? The legends, however, are not always clear with what actually happened. Sure. <laughs> In some, some variations of the story, Tekka Tekka carries her scythe and slices her victims at half at the waist and steals their legs. She'd be like, bitch, That's believable. give me them legs. Yeah, yeah she wants the legs. <laughs> I want the legs. I can't feel my legs. Like with most urban legends, there are so many versions of the Tekka Tekka story that it's impossible to know what the original story was or where it began. Mm. Every locality has its own version with different details. In some stories, the Tekka Tekka was a victim of a tragic accident. In others, it was suicide. In some, it was also she was gang raped by a group of people and then thrown on the tracks. In some stories, certain magic charms can protect you from its wrath. In others, nothing can protect you and you will certainly die. (laughs) You fucked. In some versions, the Tekka Tekka victims become Tekka Tekka themselves. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. This is freaking me out. Tekka Tekka. I've got shivers. There are a number of threads in common between many of the variations, and the most common ones point towards a woman from Hokkaido named Kashima Raiko. In the years after World War II, an officer of an office worker in Muraran, Hokkaido, was assaulted and raped by military American military personnel. That night, she leaped off the bridge onto the railroad tracks and was hit by an oncoming train. The impact was so forceful that her body was torn in half at the waist. The severe cold of the Hokkaido night caused her blood vessels to contract and prevented her from bleeding out quickly. Instead, she squirmed and wriggled about for several minutes seeking help. She crawled all the way to a train station and was seen by an attendant. Instead of trying to help her, the station attendant just covered her with a plastic tarp and she died a slow and agonising death. According to the legend, three days after hearing this story, you will see the ghost of a woman with no lower half. The ghost is that of the woman hit by the train. Tekka, tekka. Tekka, tekka. Fuck you. Tekka, tekka. When you see her, the ghost will try to catch you. An escape is impossible, even in a car. The ghost can crawl at speeds of up to 150 kilometres per hour. Some would say that the ghost is searching for her legs, which were lost when she was cut in half. Some would say. I drive faster than 150 k's an hour anyway, so. Bye, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst others would say that she is angry at humanity for not helping her when she was Mm. dying. And that she is simply simply out to slaughter as many people as she can. When she catches you, that. she will tear you in half and steal the lower half of your body. Shortly after hearing the legend, she will ask you a riddle, either in a dream or in a mysterious phone call. The only way to escape death is to answer her questions exactly the right way. And I'm Dear not David, please. Dear David. She will ask you, do you need your legs? And you must reply, I need them right now. Then she will ask you, who told you my story? And you must reply, Kashima Raiko. Ka is in mask. She as in death. Ma is in demon. Rai is in ghost. And Ko as in accident. If you answer her riddles without mistake, she may just let you live. You said before that there's no way that you can survive. No, that's that one version fucked. of it. 
So there's different versions. Some she'll ask you where her legs are, in which place you must reply mission expressway. And then in less hopeful iterations, your only chance is to outrun her, which is completely impossible. Not when the way I drive in Suzuki. No. <laughs> Bye, bitch. I'm out of here. See, come on. <laughs> come in there. You want to go, bitch? <laughs> you want to fucking go? All right, what's your next one? Okay, so my next my next one is the black-eyed children or black-eyed kids, if you will. An American, hold on, I'm just going to, what's happening with my notes? Where's my bit? There it is. Sorry, the black-eyed children or black-eyed kids in American contemporary legend are paranormal creatures that resemble children between ages 6 and 16 with pale skin and black eyes who were reportedly seen hitchhiking or begging or are encountered on doorstops of residential homes. While media coverage of these creatures has claimed that tales of black-eyed children have existed since the 1980s, most sources indicate that the legend originated from 1996. Postings written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list alleging two encounters with black-eyed kids. Bethel describes encountering two such children in Abilene, Texas in 1996 and claims... Abilene. Abilene. And claims that a second person had a similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of urban legend and gained such popularity that he published an FAQ just to keep up with demand for more info in 2012. He told his story on reality TV series Monsters and Mysteries in America. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter mm-hmm. News describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate. Sounds very, very similar to how Dude David came about, don't you think? Mm. In 2020... I thought you might have done Dear David in this. Have you done Dear David in Yeah, we've episode? done Dear David. We did yes. it in, um, I think, pop culture. Yeah. Ghost stories. We did it in ghost stories. Right. The film's out now, by the way. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Um, in 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding. Its director commented that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years now, and I always thought it was fascinating. Mm. A 2003 episode of MSN's Weekly Strange featured reports of black eyed children is thought to have helped spread the legend on the internet. During one week in September 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran three sensationalistic front page stories about alleged sightings of black-eyed children connected to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub in Staffordshire. Mm. The paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. I think it had something to do with the film, don't you? Yeah. Alleged sightings are taken seriously by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black-eyed children to be extraterrestrials, Ooh. vampires, or ghosts. Oh, that Lol. sounds very much like um, Hotel, American Horror Story Hotel. Mm. And then I put here, lol, it's obviously because the movie came out. Plus. Um, science writer Sharon A. Hill was unable to find any documentation of black-eyed child encounters, concluding that the tales are passed on as a friend of a friend ghost stories. Hill considers the legend to resemble typical spooky folklore stories such as the phantom black dog. Humans the, can lick too. <laughs> where the subject <laughs> is not supernatural and there may never have been an actual original encounter relating tales of black-eyed children as a legend um, and cites an Inquisitor article that advised readers to file black-eyed children under the same heading as Bigfoot. Oh, yes, and Loch Ness. Believe it if you like, but realise there is no evidence of this existence, just subjective testimony that ranges from reasonable to suspiciously fame-whoring. Okay, Dana Scully, way to fucking ruin the mood. <laughs> Not you, the so bun that wrote that. So the black-eyed children that appear on your doorstep, please. Every, every time you kept saying black-eyed, I was waiting for peas to come out. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was going to say. But it was also uh, actually the fact that you said Data Scully was featured in an episode of The X Files. Oh, uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, totes. 
Fuck, I love that show. Yeah, I need to get back into that, actually. It's worth the journey. The ending's ending's fucked up, though. Have you seen the two movies? Um, I've I've seen the first movie. I refuse to watch the second or the remake of the X-Files based on how the original series finished because the second movie's after. The first movie's during the show. Yeah. Um, the second movie's after the original series finished and I was so outraged by the ending of the original series Ooh. that I refused to go any further because it was just fucked. Maybe they might sort of tie up some ends in the last movie. In the, I mean, in the movie in the... Don't care. It wasn't a cliffhanger. It was the way it all ended that fucked me off. Because remember, David Duchovny became a massive hit. Um, he was in movies and they brought in other... Like oh, characters. yes, that's right. And yeah, I loved yeah. those other characters. I hated when they came in, but I actually grew to love them. They have brutal endings um, that were just not fair. And um, then David Duchovny comes back in for like a final episode and it's, it's completely fucked. It's Annoying. just nothing. It was like, it's like the drama. It was like drama shit. It was like not what the show was about in any way. Yeah. Um, it was fucked. I hate it. And it was it's... like the final season of Roseanne that completely ruined the whole show. Well, I reckon and then she ruined the final everything. episode of the series because it's just a huge disappointment, like Medium was. And I'm still not over that, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember that in the podcast. Um, did you ever watch Millennium? Yes, that was a spin-off of because yeah. um, he was in one that. episode. Yes, I was too at the time because his wife died and he ended up with the kid. Yeah. And she died because of the supernatural, I think. Yeah. And he could see things or he was a mind reader something or something. To do with it, and it was something to do with the lead up to the year 2000. Yes, 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 it was. Yeah. And it was the guy I loved it too. Aliens, yeah. It didn't Linda start, it didn't it. last for long. It lasted for like two seasons, I think. I think it was two seasons. Belinda Bay Desert, I know you're listening. You remember that mm-hmm. series. We loved it. All right, so my last one is, I said, hi, Patrick, it's me, Walter, in the Oh, I'm super intrigued by this. But it's actually, hi, Walter, it's me, Patrick. (laughs) So you haven't heard of it? Not even a little bit. If not, listen to my story and check the videos on YouTube immediately afterwards. I'm listening. That goes for you too, dear listeners. I will be watching the video after we finish this episode oh god i don't want to be more scared than i already am i just said to tyler you're going to be fucking so messed up with the urban legends episode (laughs) in 2009 a channel was created on youtube simply called hi walter it's me patrick which only contained one video titled hi walter i got a new girlfriend today but they say gf In the video, a man, assumedly named Patrick, though he never states his name on camera, opens by telling someone named Walter that he's found himself a girlfriend. He excitedly talks with a wild-eyed expression about how he met this girl at the mall and that she's very hot and attractive. He then says he wants to show her on camera, even though she's very shy, and the camera cuts to what looks like a dark basement with a wooden door that's padlocked shut. The man steps into view, unlocks the door, and a woman can be seen inside on all fours, sobbing and begging to be let go. The man steps into the room with you her. You are fucked up, seriously. <laughs> what the, man, the fuck? The man steps into the room with her, and after the door closes behind him, we can hear her screaming before the video abruptly ends. The channel has since been taken down, but the videos have of course been re-uploaded and is very easy to find on YouTube. You're insane if you think I'm going to watch that video with you. There's no way in the world I'm watching that video. For a long time, the video went relatively unnoticed but began to really go viral around 2016 when the mother of a missing teen saw the footage and became convinced that her daughter was the imprisoned woman shown at the end of the video. Up until this point, those already... Is this in America? Yeah. Up until this point, those already aware of the video, particularly the Reddit community, had been busily dissecting it, many coming to the conclusion that it was fake. Aside from the cheesy acting from Patrick, those sceptical of the video pointed out things like the fact at the beginning of the basement scene, it sounds like the man says something along the lines of action, furthering the suspicion that this was a hoax. But to one viewer, Hope Sprenger, the video looked all too real and potentially offered answers as to what 
happened to her missing daughter, Kayla Berg. In 2009, only a few months before the channel's creation, 15-year-old Kayla Berg went missing after being dropped off at a boyfriend's house in Wisconsin. In 2016, when the possibility arose that the girl in Patrick's video might be Kayla, the Wisconsin police were alerted and began immediately investigating the video's origins as well as the people behind it. They admitted that there were similarities between the missing girl and the girl in the video, causing valid concern that this was not a hoax after all. However, it all turned out to be a false alarm when Antigo police were able to identify the creators of the video. Leading the video and playing leading the video and playing the role of Patrick was a man by the name of Michael Mayton from Utica, New York. As for the actress, the imprisoned girl was a woman by the name of Lucy Cavo, and the producer of the video was a name man named Jason Durr. All three of the people behind the video from New York and had nothing to do with the missing teen from Wisconsin. According to them, the video wasn't even intended to reference her case. Once this information was established, Antigo police issued a statement ensuring that the public that the video was nothing more than a hoax. But by that point, the damage was done. Hope Spregner was said to be traumatised when she saw the video and believed she was seeing her daughter being held captive by Mayton, and this led to the creators issuing an apology for the harm they caused. However, Mayton went on to blame the media for misconstruing what was meant to be a short YouTube horror film that had nothing to do with Kayla Berg's disappearance and even called it slander. As troubling as the situation was, this is not the only time a YouTube creator has led the public to believing they had done something with a missing, had something to do with the missing person's case. In 2012, a video was uploaded of a middle-aged man laughing sadistically into a camera, winking, and the words "Happy Anniversary" appeared on the screen. The video itself was also tied titled happy anniversary and was posted eight years to the day that a young woman by the name of maura murray went missing after crashing her car on route 112 in massachusetts the uploader himself had named the channel mr 112 dirtbag which references not only route 112 but also murray's father's claims that whoever had abducted her daughter was a dirtbag to this day the disappearances of kayla Byrne and maura murray remain unsolved And you were That's totally watching fucked. that video with me after this. No way. I'm not watching it. That's fucked up. Who does that though? Like, come on. This is where the internet goes crazy, right? And it's just takes it beyond a joke. Yeah. Like. They make it a bit too gross. That's fucked. <laughs> oh, thank God my last one's a little bit light. You've got a light urban legend. I do have a light urban legend. And I actually really find this really cute and lovely. I really like it. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure it's not a fairy tale? It's called the baby train plus. <laughs> <clears throat> baby train or simply baby train. Choo-choo. Or do they go? Is an urban legend told in the United States, United Kingdom and Australia. Plus. The legend first appeared in Christopher Morley's 1939 novel, Kitty Foyle. According to the legend, <laughs> Kitty. Did you see that Prue and True thing I sent you? Yeah. I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm, tired. I'm just tired. <laughs> Fucking love that. We'll watch that after this. <laughs> According to the legend, a certain small town had an unusually high birth rate. This was allegedly caused by a freight train passing through the town and blowing its whistle, waking up all the residents. Since it was too late to go back to sleep and too early to get up, couples would have sex. This resulted in a mini baby boom. Really? (laughs) One version of the myth, as written down by the Australian author and folklorist Bill Scott in The Long and Short and Tall, a collection of Australian yarns, tells the story of a little town on the coast, not too far north of Sydney, plus, where the, I'm thinking Newey, I'm thinking Newcastle. Yeah. Um, There's a train that goes through there where the birth rate was three times the average for all the rest of Australia. This was so unusual. The government sent someone out to the town to investigate the cause for the high birth rate. Oh, Jesus. When the official arrived. Why are you all having sex so much? (laughs) When the official arrived, he found children everywhere he looked. 
Even the local school had these temporary classrooms all over the place to fit them in, and they had a special maternity wing at the hospital. The man was mystified for a while. (laughs) The people there did not seem different from people in other small towns, so he couldn't understand why they got three times as many children. The devil was in them. They were rooting too much. After a few nights in the town, the man figured it out. This particular town, this particular town was right by the main railway line. The train was delivering mail right past the town and thus blew its whistle when it stopped. Since it was too early to get up and it was too late to go back to sleep again, the adults had to find something to do in bed while waiting. This I wouldn't say made- it was too early to get up. I'd say since they were already up. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> This then led to the very high birth rates. Other versions of the myth vary to different degrees. Sometimes the small town is in America or England, and one version tells of a noisy foghorn rather than a train whistle. So it's the same sort of build anyway. You're like, it's the same reasoning behind it. Yeah, it could just be like a town of people who are really fucking frisky, um, basically saying that, you know, something disturbs them. I'll, they I'll, wake I'll, up. I'll elaborate as I go through. The story, bump is, the story is related <laughs> to the rumour that birth rates spike nine months after. The, the story is related to the rumour that birth rates spike nine months after the Northeast blackout of 1965. The actual birth rate increased in Boston after February 1969. Um, and other natural disasters and similar events. It's based on the premise that when regular life is disrupted, hang on, ah. people fornicate. <laughs> I can't even. It's based on the premise that when regular life is disrupted, adults will resort to sex as occupation without regard for family planning or protection. Well, what do you do um, when you're bored? <laughs> well, Have I think wank. there's also <laughs> been a reference to the COVID baby boom. Um, So, you know, like everyone was so fucking bored and just inside all the time. And it's like, should we? Come on, let's just fucking go for it again. Because the only things we could do was watch TV, drink alcohol or root, really. And make make banana bread, please. (laughs) Yeah, make banana bread, variations of banana bread. Um, There was a lot of baking going on. But... um, And also a lot of people talk about how when it's cold, especially in the UK or even really cold parts of Australia, that you there's nothing to do. No one goes outside. You're inside. You're in bed all the time. You've got the heating on. You've you only got warm, the telly. You're just friction like, oh, at its best. Fuck it. Let's yeah. just give it, let's give it a go. Turn let's off have, Graham Norton. Let's, let's go to one. bed. Oh, yeah. look, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> We've watched telly all day. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, come on. Let's Freezing go. in here. <laughs> Warm me up. Rub my back. <laughs> All over my back. <laughs> I love that though. I think it's really cool. That is a good one. That is a light one to um end. Finish off your traumatic ones. On. <laughs> Come on, black eyed peas. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. We hope you didn't have to flee from the terror we unleashed tonight. Uh, I did. <laughs> Tune in next week for Back in Time, where we literally go back in time just to bring you some drunken information and big bits of stuff that happened in the past. Way back when, please. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, tell your mates. And if it's still going, vote for us at the Australian Podcast Awards. Search for Stupid Be Say What. And look at our socials for how to vote. We'll love you for it. Good night, stupid bitches. Good night. Good night. Did you see that meme I sent you? Oh, I should have said this before, but see that meme I sent you about the, listen, if I go to one of the Von Trapp family parties and the kids start singing good night, that's my time to go get a drink. I replied back to you. I said, I'm <laughs> fucking crying over this one. That was fucking funny. So true. Yeah, that stupid bitch. Mm-hmm. He's a stupid bitch. What a stupid bitch. That stupid bitch.